0: Greetings, and welcome to the 80-Level Roundtable podcast. In each episode, host Kirill Tokarev invites video game industry leaders to talk about the world of game development. No topic is off limits as long as it relates to video game development. New episodes are in the works, so remember to follow us or subscribe and share with someone you know will also enjoy the podcast.
1: joining us today. Uh, we are very happy to have you on our little round table as we call it. Um, could you do like a little introduction for us? Tell us a little about yourself and your company and what you do.
0: Well, yeah, thank, thank you very much for taking the opportunity to speak with me. Um, so my name is James. I'm a co-founder and CEO of Ziva Dynamics. Uh, We're a software company, Uh, we have a distributed team, uh, but most of the team is based in Vancouver, Canada. And we're focused on solving all the challenges to make very realistic, uh, interactive, uh, virtual characters and creatures. And this is to sort of uh, answer the use cases for artists uh, who are making things in film or in games. And uh, we believe that our fundamental like underlying technology will have applications in other verticals as well.
1: So just to give sort of like a little update to the users who might not be familiar with your tech. So basically what you're doing is that you're simulating all the muscles that are moving inside the character or the creature, right? So it gives better fluid. Better animation and it looks more realistic. So that's like the higher that, level stuff, right? That
0: that's um, one component. Uh, so may- maybe I'll give you an overview of um, you know what it is that we're building.
1: And, that would be great,
0: uh, yeah, absolutely. So when we started the company five years ago, um, the the goal was to be able to make you know super realistic interactive characters. so in order to make them super realistic and interactive, you first have to make them super re- realistic, so we didn't want to put any uh, you know time constraints like uh, runtime constraints on us in order to achieve the quality that we knew we needed to hit in order to you know achieve a level of realism that everyone could buy into. So uh, the domain, the domain of problems and or tooling that we're looking at using to solve our problem was uh, we would write a, a elastic solid simulator to simulate the soft tissue of you know creatures and humans and that sort of thing, and uh, that bit of technology uh, we released that as a commercial product uh, you know wrapped in a Maya plugin called Ziva VFX, but um, that Ziva VFX tool is uh, just kind of a one uh, component of the overall uh, framework that we've been working on. And uh, the next uh, thing which we had an early prototype on like back in 2016 was our Ziva RT technology. And what that is, is it's a machine learning tool that allows you to ingest the output of our simulation and then you know dramatically increase the runtime performance, so something will go from taking seconds or minutes of you know a time step to compute to being milliseconds, um, and like our current in some of the current uh, use cases that we have, we have um, assets that are you know, very uh, typical of game resolution characters that are used in AAA games today, uh, running you know, in around the one millisecond uh, timeframe uh, on the CPU. And then we have uh, ones on the GPU which are actually running faster than that. Um, so the, the whole idea was that we would uh, build out the technology framework that we needed in order to fulfill that vision and so that you know involves offline simulation machine learning for real-time use cases and then kinematics uh in order to make sure that the inputs into the simulation are uh you know follow you know physically plausible uh laws as well and that's uh the tooling around that will first uh, make it uh be visible in this product called zoa which is uh, coming out later this year as well
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you were pretty successful with your clients. And I think I spoke with somebody on your team that you're kind of doing a lot of stuff, not only the product stuff, but you're also working a little bit on uh, outsourcing as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if you could maybe mention some of your biggest clients or like the biggest project that you worked on.
0: Uh, Sure. I'm just trying to think of uh, what I can and can't talk about in that regard because with, with some of these uh, outsourcing cases, uh, it is, um, kind of bound inside of uh, non-disclosures um, mm-hmm.
1: I mean s- mention somebody that you can't talk about because I know uh, that you, your software was used like in Game of Thrones like a oh of yeah certainly well I mean like
0: uh, I I got you like so um, like a lot of those are, are visual effects customers that purchased as mm-hmm. uh, VFX uh, I mean a lot of those are uh, like kind of the leaders in the visual effects domain so uh, you, know, uh, you know, Scanline's a customer of ours, Sony Pictures, Imageworks is a customer of ours. They were actually our first customer. So when Ziva VFX was still in beta, uh, Sony decided that they really wanted to use it on the uh, Ghostbusters reboot and Suicide Squad. So they uh, used a pre-release version of our software to create both Slimer and the Enchantress body replacement for the end of the film in Suicide Squad. Um, and then, uh, you know, other uh, customers include you know, Double Negative, Trickster, um Yeah. Mr. X, uh, yeah, uh, there's, yeah, we have like over a hundred, uh, like kind of high profile visual effects companies that are using it right now. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Cool. And obviously you just made a big splash in the news about your most recent investment. Mm -hmm. Um, it seems like an incredible opportunity for you guys and also like a huge responsibility probably on your, on your shoulders. So can you give us a little bit about the history of this deal? How did you work on it? Because, I mean, our readers are, I, th- I think there's a lot of people who are doing like startups in yep. VFX and in games. And uh, it would be very interesting to learn about your journey, so to speak, to this. And how does it work like in the, with the to work like with these big guys, especially something like Christian Robotics and Toyota, and there's like New Horizons, find like, all those like huge
0: players. Yeah, it players. I mean, one thing that I've sort of found, uh, like I've been really fortunate in my life to be able to interact with a lot of uh, really high-performing people like in groups, like all the ones you just mentioned. And usually the ones who are the most high-performing and the most capable are the ones who are the most uh, direct and, you know, Norm, normal in many ways like where politics and and that sort of stuff doesn't really play a uh big part in their process uh, i guess you know because that's probably a big part of why they've been successful is they can they're really about the work and about trying to achieve results and don't get uh, distracted by you know games uh which is really great uh as far as how uh, this specific round of financing uh, shaped up um it was uh we we're in many ways i mean like you know life uh Life, uh, you, you work really hard and try to do your best, uh, and then life sometimes will just uh, throw really great opportunities your way. <laughs> and uh, this one was very much one of those where uh, one of the investors, uh, Ray Chung, from uh, you know, Millennium Technology Valley Partners, um, found us uh, through, uh, he was doing some background research on uh, machine learning in the visual effects space and uh, stumbled across our company and uh, reached out uh, out of the blue. So it wasn't uh, the, in order to start that dialogue, it wasn't anything that uh, we had actively done in order to make it happen. Even though we were at that time actively looking to raise uh, financing, uh, the route that ultimately paid out for us was uh, different to the one, which we thought we were going to take in a good way. So that was, um, that was uh, pretty interesting. And then Ray, uh, you know, managed to bring in uh, Dimitri uh, and also Toyota AI. And uh, Dimitri, obviously, and Russian Robotics are amazingly uh, well-positioned partners for the, you know, the ambitions that Ziva has is uh, being able to participate in gaming, uh, like his uh, experience in that domain is really fantastically well aligned to that ambition and uh, all all three of those investors have uh, been really helpful so far in helping to not just like with money, but in being able to help support uh, the organization building that we need to do in order to really unlock the potential of what our technology represents.
1: I think you're kind of breaking the template here saying that you weren't actually looking for, I mean, you were looking, but you were not like actively Going from door to door, so like to
0: invest. Uh, well, I, actually, I guess for clarity, we were we were doing that, but we didn't find these investors; they found <laughs> us. <laughs> so we were really lucky um, because uh, we we couldn't have found like they it, were lucky they found us because uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're, it's such a, a great alignment in that way. Um,
1: yeah, I guess there is kind of like this myth that in order to do something like that and to, to do this like elevate a pitch to the right person at the right time you kind of have to be like in the bay area somewhere near san francisco and you have to be in this whole you know mess that's going on there like with all the startups all the like people and you know all the stories but i guess you're not like from there right so you're not doing this active
0: yeah, uh, it's I, I I think maybe there was a time when that was absolutely the case, and I think the odds are still probably like you, we may we probably I think the odds of us uh, raising uh, significant financing probably would we probably would have raised it earlier had we been located there, but uh, there has been a trend that I've I've read about where um, you know there are you know. Investors are looking uh, further abroad now uh, to, for uh, opportunities uh, just because the, the Bay Area is so, so uh, you know, it's just been so uh, trodden over as far as, um, you know, there are talented people the world over, I guess, is what it comes down to. And, and uh, San Francisco investors are starting to notice that, I guess.
1: I mean, I'm here like in Los Angeles and we kind of start feeling that as well. Cause, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, I had a funny encounter. Um, so I have like one guy who is doing like a very interesting startup, also like in AI powered for games. Mm-hmm. And uh, I say, well, uh, I kind of have access sort of like to Grishan and I can introduce you. So maybe you'd be interested. And he's like, you know, I really appreciate your effort, but, uh, you know, we're getting approached <laughs> so <laughs> yeah from all those different people and sometimes they're like not really investors and they're like a very small team so they have to work and he's like saying maybe we shouldn't do it like because maybe they're not serious and i'm like man that's christian that, that like the the founder of Rule. i mean yeah <laughs> and he's like oh okay so yeah. I can do that was the, that was the funniest thing to so my next question i think this is one of the things that a lot of people are interested in so Um, what are investors are actually looking for right now? Because what you're doing is sort of like a very big hot topic and direction right now, Mm -hmm. mixing AI with something like with your pipeline, with game development pipeline in particular. And a lot of companies are in this place. There's a lot of startups doing fantastic stuff. So I'm guessing like machine learning and AI is one part of it but maybe there are more things that you can sort of share with us and uh, yeah. for us to understand like the logic behind their decision is what for what sure yeah wrong.
0: yeah i mean i think there's uh i think we kind of uh, separate ourselves in a number of different ways um like so first off, like we, we have uh, machine learning technology, but um uh, that sort of uh hand goes hand in hand with our physics solver and uh because in, in our case uh we're using you know like a, 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 a it's all it's kind of like it's not technically this but it it uh, behaves like this where it's like a model-based reinforcement learning where like in our case our model is a physical simulation of the character so we can synthesize as much data as we need to in order to make sure that we populate the domain really effectively like one of the uh sort of you know, maybe maybe it's not talked about so much, but one of the things that make, uh, you know, AI and machine learning problems uh, challenging is uh, marshalling up of all your data and and making sure that it's uh, presented uh, in a a good way for the algorithm to ingest. Uh, We have the benefit of um, having perfect data to feed into it because it's synthetic. Uh, So from a technology standpoint, I think that's one element that sort of separates us and helps us has helped us to sort of achieve uh highly realistic uh results at, uh, at scale in a way which would be very difficult to do uh, with a pure um, photogrammetry approach for ingestion uh the second uh, space where i think we separate ourselves from a lot of the other companies in this space is our team is cross-disciplinary and has been from day one like where we were a group of uh we have like world-leading engineers, like Yernie uh, Barbic, uh, my co-founder and CTO of the company. He's a associate professor at University of Southern California, you know, is an MIT 35 under 35, a Sloan fellow, like he's, you know, like a world leader in this domain. And then uh, the rest of our team, uh, you know, on the engineering side uh, is, you know, sim- you know, is up to that kind of a standard where everyone's really uh, high, high, high performers. Uh, and then, from in my background, I, I came through the visual effects and animation industry. Worked uh, like a number of years at Weta Digital, which is uh, Peter Jackson's uh, visual effects company in New Zealand. And uh, you know, myself and Simon Clutterbuck, who's also on the team here at Ziva, we uh, won a Science and Engineering Academy Award for work that we did uh, while at Weta Digital. So, um, and then the art sort of side of our team has sort of been uh, we've we've handpicked you know team members which uh, will help to reinforce that aspect of what we're doing so we're we sort of have this you know really phenomenal engineering talent uh you know tied at the hip with this really great artistic group and uh when you can get both of them working together uh in a really collaborative way i think the sum total like the 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 total is you know greater than the sum of its parts Mm -hmm. so
1: i see like the background should be I mean, your backering is kind of incredible. It's like years and years of C graph papers kind of like going into this um, Yeah, all endeavors.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, I think like just the Ziva VFX part of it by itself probably represents like, you know, if you were to sort of pick it apart uh, for different concepts or maybe implementations might be different, but you just sort of look at. Concepts that might have come up in SIGGRAPH over the years is probably twenty different papers that are just part of that one thing.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the technology background, the theoretical background for this is like incredible. Yeah. That's maybe the way you get this competitive notch as to all the other things floating around. Yeah. In, and, and, in
0: and we do have, like, um, our, our team really does act as uh, the best internal customers. Uh, we're pushing the limits of what the software can do before our customers encounter those, any, you know, friction. So we're trying to make sure that, uh, you know, the software is as elegant as it can be in order to achieve results, you know, which are difficult to do even with the best of software, but, you know, would be impossible otherwise.
1: So... Um can you formulate maybe like an in short for us, like how are you going to utilize that investment? What are you going to heavily invest in? Is it going to be like a sales or R and D or some other stuff? You don't have to go like, um, super in detail if you can, but it would be interesting to understand like, um, Again, speaking from uh, the readers that we have, that when you mm-hmm. finally get the investment, what is the way that you should approach it? Not to waste it, not make the most use of it, so to speak.
0: Sure. Um, so in this uh, first sort of stage, uh, we're being really laser focused to uh, make sure that we're um, addressing the needs of the you know AAA game companies uh so as far as the talent that we're adding to our team uh, we're adding you know engineering talent that has the appropriate background you know has worked in the game industry ideally or in many many cases um like we we look for either you know we've had really good fortune with um you know a number of uh you know people with you know from, from academia but with uh you know like uh, advanced degrees uh where whether it's in physics or something like you know, a related thing like computational geometry or, or something like that, you just those people usually are just really good at most things uh, that you throw at them. So they end up being uh, really great at being able to write really optimal code, which isn't you know necessarily uh, com- a commonly held view. Uh, but you know, if you can compare up people like that with people with um, relevant experience in industry so that they know what the hard uh, constraints are. That you're writing against, and also, you know, give a, you know, be a good um, representative of what the pain points are for our customers. Uh, We've sort of found that that gives us a good out, uh, outcome. So we're we're growing our engineering team, we're growing our art team to help uh, support that endeavor, and and also with these uh, this early sort of adoption uh, stage where we're targeting like the best, like the and the brightest companies out there. Um, we're looking to sort of give them white glove treatment so that uh, we make sure that there's little friction as uh, we get our our middleware out there and our products out there into that new market. And uh, we wanna make sure that uh, everyone's happy uh, with the whole process. So that involves us uh, making sure that we can support them on all those sorts of fronts. Uh, additionally, um, with uh, a, an increase in the size of the team, uh, that obviously impacts you know our operations and our you know IT infrastructure. And then, um, if we are you know you hit the success that we're planning to this year, then uh, a more broad uh, offering will be available to everyone. Uh, in which case, we'll need to uh, increase our you know customer success and sales teams at that point.
1: hmm mm-hmm. So, I guess my by- next question kind of sums it up. Um, So you're at this avant-garde, like at this forefront of the new tech in 3D um, and like in VFX and all. So what would you say are the big next steps for the technology and for the workflows? Because right now we see a lot of people playing with photogrammetry and 3D scanning. We see Unreal Engine doing this Incredible Unreal Engine five demo with all the heavy geometry there. Mm-hmm. We also see a lot of uh, artificial intelligence startups, a lot of stuff that Nvidia is doing with AI, where you can basically put a couple of colors on the, you know, on um, on the screen and you get like a generated image which looks like mm-hmm. a photo. So there's so much going on, and we hear artists expressing concerns saying that well maybe like if it goes like this then i will be out of job and like
0: probably yeah
1: something like that happened before like substance designer came out and people who were doing like zebras textures they were like oh no I'm going to be unemployed and now everybody's <laughs> fine but
0: yeah I, th- I think i think substance is a really good uh, example of uh you know a company which is doing something yeah, in a way that we hi- really admire Um, like they've made a really fantastic tool for creative people to be able to do more at a higher quality and that's really like at a fundamental level uh who we are and what we're trying to make we want to make make it possible for creative people out there to fulfill their dream as far as the thing that they want to make and uh Yeah, we don't want them, we don't want people like, because we felt this pain personally, like you don't want to spend all of your time just getting an asset up to that 50% point. Like it would be, wouldn't it be great if you can get it uh, to that 90% point uh, much more quickly and then focus on doing the things that's going to separate what you're, you're doing from what the person next to you has chosen to do. And uh, we're really looking to try to uh, make it as easy and seamless as possible for people to really, you know, focus on the creative and not get hung up on uh, technical limitations. Um, So that's kind of like our philosophy. But as far as what, where, like, kind of specific next steps go, um, I think a lot of that ends up coming down to, again, trying to simplify the user experience. Um, Right now, when you're building a, you know, character simulation, there is uh, still a significant learning curve uh, in order to, you get get a sense of uh, you, how you adjust some parameters and what the expected output would be from the simulator when you've done them that way. But um, I mean, that is like a perfect problem for you know optimization and machine learning to solve. Uh, and to you know, it would be better to you know be able to similar to what you know you sort of seen in rendering, for example, like where you have um, uh, inverse sort of rendering type stuff happening. Um, there's the same sort of opportunity exists in you know, physical sim- like dynamic simulation, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So uh, we're we'll be you know definitely trending along that line. Um, but before we even get to that, there's still you know uh, no shortage of uh, just really useful, uh, more fundamental things that would be great to add to uh, to make the product more usable for our for our customers.
1: Mm-hmm okay cool well thank you so much for your time uh it's an incredible story very inspiring so i hope our readers enjoy it and um if you're looking for someone like technical artist or something like that, you can always jump to 80 level there's like a lot of people like that very timely. awesome so yeah, i'm sure
0: will be. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thank you so much i appreciate the opportunity
1: yeah thank you so much
0: okay Thanks for enjoying another episode of the 80-Level Roundtable podcast. Check out upcoming episodes on the 80-Level website at 80.lv. Join our career site at 80.lv RFP and share our podcast with friends and on your social
1: networks.